you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Let's just go and get the elephant out of the room. I got a big old band-aid on the side of my ear. And uh, I was shaving today. And I I don't know how it went from face to ear, but it did. Don't judge me. And I cut my ear. Well, I got it stopped before the first service at the other campus. And we're closing out of the other campus. And I feel something run down my face. And I thought I was sweating. So I reached up to wipe the sweat off my face and looked down and my whole hand was covered in blood. So I'm actually talking about getting saved. You know, the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood is still flowing today. And I literally had to say, somebody get me a napkin because this, well, this is a nice shirt. And uh, so I had to do the salvation call with a napkin wrapped around my ear to keep the blood from running down my face. So... I thought I'd just go and put a napkin on, I mean a band-aid on so we don't have that or repeat that same problem. Amen. A couple of things before we get into our sermon today that I'd like to talk about. One is I would like to remind you that we've got Christmas coming up and we've got a great Christmas production. Uh, you don't want to miss it. Christmas at Compassion is going to be so good. And we're going to have little prayer cards for you to fill out where you can sign those prayer cards. And what we want you to do is is Sign, put There's five places to sign names in there of individuals that you know don't go to church, don't know Jesus, that you can write their names in there, fill those names out, and say, I'm going to invite them to come to our Christmas production. And what we're going to do is for the next few weeks, you and I and the rest of this church will be in prayer for them, praying that God will tenderize and prepare their heart, praying that God will ready them for that wonderful moment. And we're going to believe in our Christmas program that on that day, if they don't know Jesus, that they're going to come to the knowledge of Christ Jesus as Lord and as Savior. Remember, I always say this, don't invite someone that has a church. Don't invite someone that's already going to church. We, we don't want them. Amen. They're already part of the kingdom. They're already part of the church. We're all about the big C, not the small C. And they're already a part of the church. I don't want them. In fact, I think that's probably one of the biggest problems with our church today is that we keep trying to steal sheep. If we'd stop doing that and actually go after lost people, we could change this world. Instead of building the our church, we can start building the church with unchurched and lost people. So that's just all I ask you. It is a great moment for you to invite someone that doesn't go to church. They'll come. It's what we call the, the EC crowd, amen? They'll come for Easter. They'll come for Christmas. But many times they don't know Jesus. They were just either raised in church or knew about Jesus. They'll come that Sunday, but they won't come here to Compassion Church. And when they meet this great preacher, I got one amen, one. One out of the whole group, but that's all right. Also, remember we're having a Christmas Eve service that we want you guys to come and to be a part of. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. Put that on your calendar. Here's one last thing that I want to make mention of. Uh, as we're talking about generosity, we believe in being generous. Uh, and we're doing something called a, a, uh, a Christmas gift here at Compassion Church. What we're asking you to do is if you'll go today and sign up at the next step desk, uh, we want to make sure that our guys at Hope Center and their children have Christmas. 
So we're just needing some individuals, some families that would be willing to sign up to make sure that this year that we get them Christmas for them and for their kids. Amen. So if you're willing to do that, if you'll go by the next step desk today, see them and sign up. We'd love for you to be part of that and make sure that we here at Compassion Church are taking care of our family. Amen. Amen. Well, we continue our sermon series on Return to Cinder. Week one, we talked about generosity, being generous in every area of your life with your love, with your gratitude, with your grace, with your kindness. We talked about being generous in every area. In fact, I think we spent about two seconds saying, but you all shouldn't be generous in your finances. Last week, I talked about the tithe, the tithe. Uh, that Malachi chapter 3, we're called to give 10% of our income, our earnings to God. Um, that it belongs to Him. That G, or God said, this is one area that you're robbing me. In other words, the 10% does not belong to you. It never did. It never was yours. It belongs to God. In fact, all of it belongs to God. But God chose to give you the 90% for yourself, and all he asked for is 10% to take care of his bride. Who's the bride? The church. The first week we talked about generosity. It's, it's an option. You don't have to do it. It's up to you. Last week we talked about uh, tithes, which is not an option. It is obedience. That you've got to be obedient to God. If you're obedient, then God will bless you. This week I want to teach you the principle of the first. I want to teach you the principle of the first. You know, if we ever think about it, the first is always something special. You know, the, the first day of school. The first day. I can still, to this day, remember my first day of kindergarten. Anybody remember their first day of kindergarten? I can still remember it. Am I the only one? I got a better memory than all you little suckers. Maybe you remember your first boyfriend or girlfriend. Anybody remember your first boyfriend or girlfriend? Yell their name out real quick. Just everybody one time. Yell it out. <laughs> I just love causing problems because I know that moment when Charlie goes well it's Sally his wife's going to go oh really so you remember her name well she was like five so I think we're safe you know we remember our first car I remember the first car I remember my first car I got a, I got a Dodge Colt no, nothing to brag about Nothing to brag about. It didn't have leather. It had pleather. Everything was, it was, it was such a cheap car. I think the car brand new was like $6,000. Literally brand new, it was $6,000. But I still remember it was my first car. I didn't care. It, you know, I, was, I'm, I'm a, I like speed, so I like to go fast. And so you know, if I would floor it, it wouldn't spin tires, so I'd get it going reverse and then throw it in reverse. <laughs> That's the way I get it spin. At 70,000 miles, I blew the engine. My neighbor, one day my dad was talking, he said, Mr. Lucas, I guess we just bought a lemon. I mean, 70,000 miles, the engine went out. We've had problem with the transmissions. It's just, it's, it, we bought a lemon. He goes, Mr. Leggett, have you ever seen your son drive the car? <laughs> but I'll still to this day remember that car. In fact, I think I ended up, I sold it and got it back and gave it to my father-in-law if I'm right. And it was so bad, it broke down. He left it on the side of the road and never got it back. 
my first time driving, I'll never forget, I started, uh, my, my sister-in-law taught me how to drive when I was probably about 12 or 13. I, I grew up in a small town, so by the, tw- the age of 12 or 13, I drove around town by myself without license. Went to the police, I mean, went to the gas station way and police officers there, sheriff in town. He said, John, aren't you the same age as my, don't answer that. Don't answer that. And he got in the police car and left. We always remember the first, the first day of college, our first day of work, our first kiss. Or the first kiss with our wife. I, never, I remember the first kiss with my wife. We were at a park where we're not, babe. I'll never forget that first kiss. It was the best day of her life. <laughs> There's something about the first that sticks out. It's important. There's also the first. What's the first thing you do when you get out of bed? Pray. Read your Bible. Some of you drink a cup of coffee. My wife, usually when she gets out of bed, she'll make her way to the living room, to the kitchen. It's normally like this. Her hair sticking on top of her head. She don't try to fix her hair up like this. And she'll go and she'll literally make some coffee and then come and sit down for a second. And I'm like, oh, she's so beautiful. It's always the principle of the first. The first matters. The first matters. Do you know that? I I want to read a passage to you today. It's out of Genesis chapter 4, verse 2. It said, later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks. And Cain worked the soul. I want you to hear this. In the course of time, that, that phrase right there is more important than you can imagine. In a course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the first, say with me, first born of his flock. Now we stop there. I want to say something real quick. Some scholars, theologians, they feel that the reason why in a few moments we'll find out that it was accepted by God was they thought it was because he gave an animal sacrifice. Cain was of the fields, farmer. Abel was about livestock. So we've always thought, wait a minute, well, because he brought an animal sacrifice that that made it acceptable to God. That's not it. Let's go on. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? You ever say that to your kids, they get mad about something, they did something they shouldn't have done and you get on to them and they have the audacity to get mad at you for getting on to them? Who are you getting mad at? You know you shouldn't have pinched your sister. It's on you. Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, if you'll do what is right, if you'll do what is right, if you'll do what is right, will you not be accepted? It bothers me when Christians want to do what is wrong, get mad at God when things aren't working out the way they wanted to. 
I understand why I'm here. You robbed a bank. That's why. I understand why I got a ticket. They clutch you at 125. That's why. I understand why my wife left me. You were never home. You didn't love on her. You didn't treat her with respect. You didn't care about her. I don't understand why none of my my friends like me. Because you're a jerk. But if you do what is right, but if you don't do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you. But you must rule over it. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this word that we're about to receive. I pray that every heart and every mind will be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. And let not one, not one leave this house the same way that they came, but be blessed by your word and your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. You all know the story of Cain and Abel. It started early on, and right here, here's one of the reasons why. They both bring an offering. Abel brings a, the first fruit of his livestock. The Bible tells us that Cain, in a course of time, brought his fruit offering. Now, that phrase and that word sums it all up. In a course of time, sorry, did y'all hear that? My series just went off my phone. Let me see what it says about first fruits. It said, in a course of time and first fruits. That phrase, that word means everything. Because when we look at that, what it means is, is that God cares about the first. Why? Because God wants to be the first. God wants to be number one. God wants to be the most important thing in your life. God wants you to put him first before anybody else. God wants to be at the top of your list, a pecking order, on the top of the priority. God wants to be the most important in your life. So why would we for one moment don't think that God wants our money to go toward him first and foremost? I got three things that I want to share with you today. I, I, I want you to write this down. Number one is this. It's not a tithing issue. It's a timing issue. It's not a tithing issue. Remember last week we talked about what the tithe was. It's 10% of your income. What does it go for? It goes for three things. It goes to, to take care of the priest or, or what we call the staff today. It went for the feast back then. That would be the ministry today. And it went for the poor. That would be the poor today. That's what it was for. The Bible says that it was to be brought into the local storehouse. What would that be? That would be the tabernacle or the temple by you. What would that be for you today? That would be the church that you attend. Years ago, I had a guy come to me, and, and, and uh, he was going to a church, but, but he was, had, his mother was having some need, and he made pretty good money. In fact, he made very good money. But he said, hey, would it be a problem if I paid my tithes to my mom right now? And I said, well, yes, it would. What do you mean? I said, well, the tithe, the Bible says the tithe goes to the local storehouse, which is the local church you attend where you get fed. You don't go to McDonald's, get your Big Mac and your fries and your drink and walk out without paying. Well, you can, but it's called being a thief. 
Well, the same thing applies in the body of Christ. You can come and get fed. You can come and receive the word of God. You can come and get blessed. You can come and get discipled. But guess what? When you walk out and you don't give God his 10%, guess what you are? You're a thief. Some of you are afraid to answer that. You're a thief. Now, God still loves you. You're still on your way to heaven. But what you're probably missing out on is on the blessings. What you're missing out on is, is probably God's provision. What you're missing out on is God's supernatural ability to bless your finances because you'll be obedient to God. But there's more. You ready? And that's what we want to talk about today. See, it's not enough just to give the 10%. It's not enough to give to your local storehouse. It's not enough to know that your money's going toward paying the staff and paying the, all of that. It's not enough. In other words, how many know that God doesn't need your money? In fact, God can make money if he wanted to make money. I was about to say he could be the best counterfeiter in the world, but he wouldn't be a counterfeiter because it would be better than the money we got. If God wanted to, every Sunday when I show up, like I said last week, I could have the delivery shop, delivery truck show up called Yahweh Delivery. And they can say, Mr. Lincoln, we got a box for you. Would you please sign here for your every Monday million dollars? Oh, that sounds so good. Oh, just bask in it for a second, guys. Oh. But why doesn't God do that? See, first of all, God wants your time to be what? Devoted to him first and foremost. Remember what he said? In a course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. In a course of time, what did he do? Well, Cain went out and you know, ate some of his own food. Probably put some away for later on. He probably dried, dried some fruit. Is that what that you ever seen that dried fruit? Never have understood that. Makes no sense to me. But that's okay. Maybe canned some. Maybe went and gave some to his friends. Maybe went and traded some for something else. And then somewhere down the road, Cain goes, Oh, I need to give some to God. You know, that'd be like me. I come to Robin, she's having a birthday party. I come to a birthday party. When I get there, I kind of walk around and different people are there. Randy's there, Stephanie's there, you know. Kim's there, Armando's there. And I come in and I walk up to Stephanie and I give her a present. Here, here's Stephanie, here's a present. Yes, and she goes. And I walk up to Randy and say, Randy, here's your present. Can you do that too, Randy? No, it's not the same. <laughs> your wife did it better. I come to Kim and I say, hey, Kim, I got a present for you. And I, and I come in tomorrow and I got a present for you. And as I'm about to leave, as I'm walking out the door, I walk in the room and go, oh, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. Here's your present. Now, I gave these guys a watch, a Rolex watch. I gave Kim a uh, Michael Kors purse. I gave a, a Mondo. What, what can I give him somebody sitting in here? Who? Christian Dior something. Jordans. I gave him. He ain't getting my Jordans. Hush your mouth. You can get my Jordans. And then as I'm leaving, I give Robin. What I give to Robin is, is I give her a little coupon, coupon, a little coupon to go to go to Sonic. Oh, here you go. Happy birthday, Robin. Here's a coupon, a coupon. Now, how do you think Robin's going to feel? Do you think she's going to go, well, thank you, John. Oh, you're the most wonderful thing in the world. Thanks for putting me first. Huh? 
This is way better than that Michael Kors purse. Thank you. How do you think Robin's going to feel? She's not going to feel good about it, is she? Why? Because what was she to me? Last, she was an afterthought. You do the same thing to God. You go pay your mortgage. You go out and eat. You go to the movies. You go pay your car payment. You go to the, Lord, don't say it, casino. I don't understand that. I'm too cheap to do stuff like that. It's just a waste of my money. I ain't doing that crap. And then after you've done all that stuff, oh, 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 oh I forgot. I got to give God something. Here you go, God. Do you think God accepts that? No. God don't want that stuff. Because God is like, I'm an afterthought. I'm way down on the list. See, there's also a principle that goes behind that. Here's the principle. The principle is, I want you to imagine, $10 bills hanging up here above me. That first dollar, right on that dollar, God, because it's God's. And what that first dollar does, if I will take it and give it to God, it's what I call redeeming power. If I take this dollar, I give it to God, it then supernaturally redeems all the other nine dollars. But if I give this to mortgage, I give this to car payment, I give this to groceries, I give this to a night out to the movies, I get out and finally I get to the last dollar and go, oh, I forgot to give this to God. And then I go and give that to God. Can I tell you what happens? God says, thank you, but it's not, the other nine were not redeemed. What do I mean redeemed? Protected, saved. In other words, what does Malachi say about the tithe? What's for? It says that if I will pay that tithe, it protects the seed. What's the seed? The seed isn't the tithe. The seed is the offering. In other words, if I give an offering above me on my tithe, it is actually from the offering that I receive blessings in my life. But if I wait to pay the tithe at the end, it doesn't protect the seed. I said all that to say this. It never was about your money. It never was about your tithe. It was about your timing and where you put God in your time frame. Do you put God first? When you roll out of bed, do you pray every morning? I usually do, but it's kind of like, oh, oh, uh, 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 oh, oh. God, thank you for that ache. Thank you for that pain. But God, thank you. Thank you. Have another day. Do you roll out of bed and give God the first part of your day? Do you give God your money? Why? Because it never was about a tithing or money issue. It was about trusting God with your money. That's how I did it right then. I just found out. Right then I hit my ear when I was bringing my hand back across. And that's how I did the other church. I took all. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's all about a timing issue. And that was the wrong timing to talk about that. See, God doesn't care about your money. He cares about you. God doesn't care about your finances. He cares about you. But because you need finances, because God knows you need money, God wants to take care of you in your finances. And for God to be able to do that, what you must understand, what you must wrap your mind around is, God, I'm going to trust you with my money. I'm going to trust you with my timing. I'm going to give everything to you first and foremost. Number two, write this down. It's not about your finances. It's about his favor. It's not about your finances. It's about his favor. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions, from some of the firstborn. Did you hear that? Firstborn of his flock. And let me say this, the best. During this time, I don't have time to get into it today, but they didn't just bring the firstborn, because I know what some of you do. 
You can find the little scrawny lamb over here. Got one broken leg. Actually, he's got three legs. One horn missing. You named him Lucky. One eyeball missing. And that'd be the one you bring to God. Here, God. Here. See, God would reject that. Some of you just got lucky, didn't you? You heard it. It took you a second. Luck called him like, oh, yes. And you bring it to God, and you give it to God and say, okay, God, I'm going to give you my worst. It's kind of like sometimes when we, have a, we used to have a clothing bank here at the church. We had to quit that stuff. You know why? You brought your crap. If you didn't want a shirt having a hole right here, did you think anybody else did either? If one leg of the pant was gone, do you think anybody else wanted it? But that's what you bring to God. See, end of the day, it never was about your finances. It's about God's favor on your finances. Listen to what he says. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. We had to stop getting mad at God about things we do wrong. God wants you to have favor. God wants to bless you. Well, Pastor, why are we talking about money? Because there's more scriptures about money than any other topic. Because God knows what you'll struggle with. If you could ever learn to give God your money, I promise you it'd be a lot easier to give everything else to God. See, God wants to put favor. I'm not saying he's going to make you a multimillionaire. I'm not a prosperity preacher. I don't get into prosperity preaching. I don't. Use the one preaching prosperity. Go look at most of our congregation. They're not prosperity people, but they sure fighting for it. Does God want to bless his people? Of course he does. But if that's the case, what about most of the disciples? They were not prosperity. See, the problem when we get into things like that, what starts to happen is when things happen in our life that don't seem to be prosperity, then we get mad at God. I said, I never talked about that, but God can take care of our finances, give us more than enough, make sure that our bills are taken care of, make sure there's food on the table, amen. How many know most of you sitting in this service are in the top 15% rich people in the world? Did you know that? You know that, did you? Because in most countries, there's a lot of people who don't have roofs over their head or food on the table. You do. You do. But we give back to God what belongs to God. The word favor here means to inspect, consider, be, depart, or dismay, look away, regard, have respect for. See, God wants to look down and see what you give, that you brought the first fruits to God and have favor on you because he respects what you give. God will always supply. God will always come through. Amen. If we'll trust him and put our faith in him. It says in Nehemiah chapter 10 verse 35, we also assume responsibility for bringing to the house the Lord each year the first fruits of our crops. See right here proves that it wasn't about it being an animal sacrifice. The first fruits of our crops and every fruit tree. As it is also written in the law, we will bring the first fruits of our sons and our cattle and our herds and our flocks to the house of the God, to the priest ministering there. See, God wants to show you his favor. But God's favor cannot be on disobedience. God wants to show you his favor. 
But God's favor cannot be on someone who is frustrated because they're not walking in God's will. God wants to show you favor. Why? Remember Malachi? All the nations started calling the Israelites blessed. See, what God wants to do is show favor on your life. Why? So those around you will see what when you, somebody says, how in the world did you do this? And how did you do that? And how did this happen? God's favor. What? If you will walk in God's favor, be faithful with your tithes. Be faithful with your offering. Let me tell you, God can bless your finances. I'm not saying you're a multi-millionaire. But what I am saying to you is this. God can take care of you. Supply. But it comes from your generosity to God as he's told us to give. Number three. It's not about your tithe. It's about your trust. It's not about your tithe. It's about your trust. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? If you will follow God's word, do you not know that God will bless you? If you'll be obedient to God's word, listen, if you will be the husband God's called you to be according to God's word, God will bless your marriage. If you'll be the father or mother to your children according to God's word, God will bless your kids. Amen? Listen, I'm not saying me and Lori have always been the perfect parent. I have, she has it, but anyway. And I'm not saying my kids haven't had issues. They have. I'm not saying my kids haven't made mistakes. They have. But I'll say this. My kids are all three serving Jesus right now. Two serving in ministry. Other one wanting to, She's looking for a praise and worship position. Listen, I'm telling you. If you will be the parents God's called you to be, God can bless your children. If you will be the employee, according to God's word, God will promote you give you raises and give you favor. He will. But see, we many times want God's favor without us trusting Him, being obedient to Him. Listen to what He says. But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you. I've told you this before. You have to understand the word crouching here. The word crouching there in the Hebrew literally means to recline. To recline. We've got this idea that the devil's trying to break down our door. We got this idea that the devil has all this power over us. But right here, what God says to Cain is this. Cain, the devil's outside your door. He's reclining, drinking some lemonade, eating some devil food cake. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And he's just sitting there. Now, he's probably screaming at you. Loser, you'll never amount to anything. God's never going to bless you. Things will never get any better than this. Just get ready. The next shoe's going to drop, blah, 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 blah. But he don't have to do anything. He's just outside your door. 
He's just sitting there drinking his lemonade, reclining, eating his devil food cake, having fun. Maybe every once in a while some deviled eggs. Don't you judge me. But something will happen. You know what happens? Your disobedience. And see, here's what happens when you're disobedient. See, there's two doorways, but there's only one door. God gave me this vision years ago. There's two doorways, but there's only one door. If you're obedient to God, God shuts the door to the devil hanging outside your house. He can scream, he can huff, he can puff all he wants to. But as long as you're obedient to God, he has to stay outside that door. But the moment you're disobedient, you know what happens? The door opens. The door closes to God and it opens to the devil. There's no in between. There's no in between. So I'll tell you that today because he was saying, Cain, why are you getting mad? It's very simple. You want to know what it is? Be obedient. Be disobedient. You make the decision. Your obedience brings my favor, brings my blessings. Your disobedience opens the doors of the devil into your life, period. It is that simple. But we make it so hard. What's going on with your marriage? Well, you're never home. You're never with your wife. What's wrong with your marriage? You're allowing other people in your marriage. What's going on with your marriage? You put your work before your wife. What's going on in your finances? You chose somewhere in the past that you chose to put you becoming rich over God's rich blessings in your life. I would ever rather have God's richest blessings. What do you mean? Sometimes God's richest blessings are not money. It's favor. It's joy. It's peace. It's direction. It's guidance. It, it never really was about the tithe. It was always about the trust. Will you trust me? Will you give 10% before you pay any other bill, before you spend your money anywhere else? Will you give that 10% trusting and believing that God will take care of the rest? Now let me close with this. I know it sounds self-serving when Pastor Don talks about this. I'm not trying to get something from you. I'm trying to get something to you. I want you not only to be blessed in your marriage, with your kids, at your work, in your health. So there's a whole principle here. Do, do you know that? Even our health, there's a putting God first. I want you to be blessed in your finances. If you would do this, God can bless your finances. God can give you favor in your life. But you got to put him first. But let me say this, not just in your finances. There will always, always be a man in our marriage that my wife should love more than me. It's Jesus Christ. Know this as a church. There will always be one person that is more important than y'all. It's my Lord. If you put God first in your life, God can take care of the rest of your life. If you trust him and believe in him. Amen. I want you to stand with me. There's cards in your seat. We did this last week. I'll do it again. In closing, I want to say this. I do this every year. I've done it for the probably the last six years. 
It's not a gimmick. It's not, I literally believe in God this much. I've been tithing all my life and God's always blessed me. That card, if you'll do this, for the next three months, if you'll say, Pastor, I'm going to tithe for the next three months, 10% of my income, first fruits before I do anything, for the next three months, I'm going to tithe. At the end of that three months, if God doesn't bless you tremendously, I will give you all your money back. Pastor, have you lost your mind? No. That is how much I believe in tithing. I don't do it as a gimmick. I do it as a way. Remember what Malachi 3 said? Test me. I'm trying to get you to test God. In fact, I'm begging you to test God. Just right on there say, Pastor, I'm willing for the next three months to tithe. I'm going to try it out. If it doesn't work, I'll stop after the three months. If it doesn't work, I want my money back. Fine. I'm making a contract with you. That's what I'll do. I'll give you money back. All I'm asking is this. Try it. Be obedient to God's word and try and see if God won't bless you. Feel that out today. Before you leave, bring up here to the altars. Take you to the next step. Say, I'm going to commit to the next three months. I'm going to try this and I'm going to see what God can do in my life. Amen. I want you to bow your close your eyes. If you're here today and say, I need to trust God more my finances. I've, I've not been obedient. I've not been faithful. I've, I've been afraid to give sometimes. But I want to be faithful in my giving. I want to trust God with my finances. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. Yes. Lord, I pray for every hand that is raised. I ask today, Lord, that they would trust you, believe in you. Not only to give their tithe, but their first fruits. And Lord, as they do, that you would bless them today. Have your way in their finances. Have your way in their life as they make this commitment to you, I pray. With every head bowed, every eye closed, one last question. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and you would like to invite him to your life, make him the Lord and Savior of your life, I want you to know today that he's here. He loves you and accepts you just the way you are. All you have to do is admit that you're a sinner in need of God's grace and wonderful love. Believe that he is the son of the living God, died on a cross, you rose on the third day, lives forevermore. If that is you, if you would like to give your heart and life to Christ, no one's looking, then I want you to raise your hand right now. Is there anybody? Amen. Is anybody else? I've had one raise their hand, give God praise. I want all of you, not just the one that raised their hand, but I want all of you to say this prayer with me. Say it loud, say it proud. There's one new name has been written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Say, Dear Jesus, I invite you to my heart and into my life. Forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I repent and I come to you and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever. Amen. Give God praise. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. 